we have been um, looking at this uh, this talk Jesus gave. Um, uh, it's somewhere between a talk and a rant that Jesus gave. Uh, it's it's the middle part of chapter twenty three of Matthew, and it's it's this place where Jesus uh, lists seven woes, and he he uh, articulates a list of woes. We've been talking about how woes are are ouches. Uh, literally, it's actually a sound that people would make. You stub your toe and you go, whoa. Um, and that was that was the way that the word was originally developed. Um, and that's what it means. That's what it means that it's that it's an it's a sound of, of pain. Jesus is saying, uh, pain is coming your way. He's saying, this is going to hurt. Uh, Jesus is saying to these to the these people, the scribes and the Pharisees, woe to you, it's going to hurt. And what we saw last week is the scribes and the Pharisees are the, the religious experts, they're the people who who know the law. The scribes were actually paid to know the law. The Pharisees, they knew the law because they were amateurs. They, they loved it and they wanted to be, they wanted to be good at the law. So, uh, the, those are the people that Jesus is talking to. And, uh, when, when in this passage of scripture, when Jesus is saying woe to them, the, the thought that it conjures up in my mind is a van I saw. You could call, they, they was entered as a float, but it wasn't much of a float because the guy drove it around town. But, uh, I first saw it in a parade a couple of years ago. This is the, this is the van um, in uh, Yucca Valley, California. And um, uh, you can see he's got that pretty well tricked out. Um, uh, he's uh, listing a lot of woes himself. And, and um, uh, there's another picture, the next one. So you can see he's got, he's got everybody's number down pretty, pretty clearly. Um, and and this, is the, this is kind of the image that this passage uh, conjures up in my mind, uh, this, this van. Not because the van is uh, uh, speaking on behalf of Jesus. Actually, I think that this van is making the same mistake that Jesus is cautioning about here in the Scriptures. And it's not, it's not that Jesus didn't say um, uh, to speak to some of these same issues. Uh, you see the, the list there. I not- noticed the first one um, underneath the word warning. It's been taped over, so apparently that's no longer a problem. Um, <laughs> Whatever it was, it's not an issue anymore. But the other ones, drunkards, sex addicts, abortionists, and so forth, that these are, these are the, the list of, of, of people that, that the driver of that van is pronouncing woe against. And, um, and Jesus talked about some of those very same things in the scriptures. And, uh, the, the only problem is, when Jesus talked about them, he didn't talk just about these. Uh, so for example, I looked at one of the places where Jesus addresses some of these places. In Mark 7, um, Jesus says this. He, he's talking about uh, to, to kind of general purpose uh, problems. And he says, it's from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. So some of those uh, relate. In fact, uh, I, I mark them in the next one. So you can see the ones that relate to that, um, that van. And they've, they've, they've got sexual immorality, adultery, lewdness, slander. Um, but what about the others? How, how come, how come those raided the van and the others didn't? So theft, murder, greed, malice, deceit, envy, arrogance, and folly. Uh, how did, how did the person who's driving that van make the decision which of these are worth putting on the side of the van and which ones are not? Um, uh, Jesus said this, um, but we find these sort of lists throughout those scriptures. Uh, the wisest man who ever lived made a list of the six or seven things that, that God detests. Here's what he wrote. He said, 
that, well, back up. He said there are uh, six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. So you want to perk up your ears here. Pay attention, right? Right? These are the seven big things, okay? What are they? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Again, these didn't make the, the cut for the van. And so that is what makes me uh, think of this van. When I read this scripture, because Jesus says the people that he's talking to, the, the religious experts of his day, the, the Pharisees and the scribes are making exactly the same mistake. They are deciding which are the important problems that need to be worked on. And they're ignoring the ones that are not important. Jesus is saying, you claim to observe the entire law. That you observe the entire law right down to the smallest detail. But what you're actually doing is focusing on the smallest details and ignoring the big issues. Jesus says, you strain out the gnats, but you swallow the camels. A gnat and a camel have one thing in common... They're both listed in the Old Testament uh, scriptures as as unclean animals. So they are ritually unclean. If you come in contact with one and if you eat one, then that's a sin, and you have to go get to a priest and get it sorted out. So so uh, they're both they're both sinful, and a, a, a scrupulous, observant Pharisee would actually put a cloth over his bottles and jugs whenever he poured a liquid out to make sure he wasn't getting any gnats in the liquid that he was decanting from his bottles. So Jesus is saying, yes, you're straining out the gnats. You're trying to preserve your purity with the smallest detail, but you're missing the big picture. You're missing the camel right here. You're, you're just, that's just sliding right down um, because you're not paying attention to what the important things in the law are. So Jesus is saying that they have made a decision about what is and is not important. And he's saying they've missed the really important things. He's saying that their priorities are wrong. So, um, if we, if we're gonna try and follow Jesus, if we're gonna try and figure out what Jesus has got to say to us, then we need to be careful about our own priorities. So, so the question is, what are you gonna put on your van? Um, you know, what, what do you wanna write on your van? And, um, uh, in fact, let's back up a second, because maybe before we, we lecture other people, what we should do is get our own house sorted out. So, what are we going to do on the van in our hearts? You know, what, 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 what are our priorities for the van in our own heart? How are we going to prioritize what is and is not, um, as important? Um, uh, there is, there is actually a place for lecturing other people about, about their relationship with God. And I'll tell you how to do that in a few minutes. But first, I do want to talk about how you set the priorities. Jesus says that their problem, the problem of the, the scribes and the Pharisees is they have neglected the weightier matters of the law. And then he lists some. He says, he says that you have, um, neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. And, and that should ring a bell. If you were here in February, we spent a lot of time looking at the, the passage in the, the book of the prophet Micah where he talks about justice and mercy and humility, walking with, with God. Uh, Jesus is saying the same thing here. He's, in fact, in fact, if you want to know what he's talking about, go listen online. The sermons are still on the podcast. You can hear what Jesus is talking about when he talks about uh, justice, when he talks about uh, uh, mercy, and when he talks about faith, he's talking about trusting God, trusting that God is who he is, so I can be humble and admit who I am. So Jesus is saying these are the weighty matters of the law. 
So that's, that's kind of the quick answer. But in here, in this passage, Jesus gives an incredibly valuable principle to help us understand how we can prioritize the things in, in our lives, how we can know what is worth putting on our van, um, whether it's the van we drive around town or whether it's the van inside of our hearts. How can we know what is the priority? And Jesus gives us a principle here. And so I'm going to try and unpack it because it, we can get lost with the, the oaths on the altar and the dill and mint and so forth. So let's go ahead and take a look at the passage and see what this principle is. Jesus is talking to the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes and he says that they're blind guides. Um, and he says, uh, you say, you, these religious experts, somebody comes to you and says, teacher of the law, I made an oath. And you say, can I get out of my oath? And they say, well, it depends. What did you swear on? And they say, well, I swore on the temple. And they say, okay, you're scot-free. You're out of here. No problem. Not, not, not an issue. And then somebody else comes up and says, teacher of the law, I made an oath. Can I get out of my oath? It was a dumb thing. I shouldn't have done it. Um, I want to get out of my oath. How can I do that? And he says, well, what did you swear on? And he says, I swore on the gold of the temple. And the teacher of the law says, no, no, you cannot get out of that. That's, that's a binding oath. You are stuck with that one. And then he says, okay, well, there's another category of, of oath you, you give people a break on. He says, he says um, Jesus says, which is greater, the gold or the sanctuary that's made the gold sacred? And then he gives another example. He says, people come to them and say, hey, I made an oath. Um, what was it on? And the, the answer is, it was on the altar of the temple. The altar is like a table, um, and it was the it was the place where they actually performed the ritual sacrifices. So you'd bring your goat, and a priest would slaughter it on the altar. And he says, the altar is not a big deal. Go ahead. You can break that oath. And then somebody comes in and says, teacher of the law, I want out of my oath. Uh, what did you swear on? I swore on the animal on the altar, the, the goat that I brought. And the religious expert says, you cannot get out of that oath. No way. And Jesus says, why not? Why is the, why is the gift on the altar more important than the, the altar that sanctifies it? And, and so, uh, Jesus says that. Now hold on to that. Because then in the next one, he talks about tithing. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You tithe mint, dill, and cumin. What that means is no matter how small a thing in their life, they would tithe on it. They, they would tithe on every garden shrub that grew around their house. Now stop and think about that. What's, what's he saying? He's saying you're tithing things that don't matter. It has no value. Uh, you're going to go out and get a sprig of mint. Okay, well, clip off a tenth of that and give it to Jesus. Okay? He's saying, that's ridiculous. That's not a tithe. That's not what the tithe is about. Uh, he's saying, you're giving God things that really are discretionary. You're giving things, God, that don't matter. And he says, and the same thing is going on when you're releasing people from their temple obligations. He's saying, if it benefits the religious establishment, if it's gold for the temple, if it's the food that's offered on the temple, that's important. But if it's just the building, if it's just God... Not a big deal. He's saying, you have completely missed the point. You're giving people a break when there's no skin off your nose. But when it matters to you, you're saying it's important. And he says the same thing. You're tithing things that don't matter. You're tithing things that don't push back. You're tithing things when there's no resistance. Anyone can do that. 
everyone can tithe mint. Everyone's got mint growing around their house. There's a picture of mint here. Oh, I've, <laughs> he's helping. Um, I should have I should have included that verse um, next to this. So he's <laughs> making Edmund work hard. So um, so that's mint. It grew around people's houses. It has no value. Everyone had mint. Everyone had dill. Everyone had cumin. Jesus is saying you're tithing on things that don't matter. So the principle that Jesus gives here is if you can do it easily, if there's no resistance, if it doesn't push back, if it's not weighty, not in the sense of being the most important, right? When I first read the passage about the weightier matters of the law, I thought to myself, these are the things that are the most important. But what Jesus was really saying is, these are just the things that are burdens. These are the things that are heavy. These are the things that it takes an effort to do. It takes an effort to do justice. It takes an effort to be kind. Tithing meant that's nothing. Anybody can do that. Letting people off the hook for something where it doesn't affect your bottom line, that's easy to do. But what about when it does affect your bottom line? Now, some of you can be forgiven if you're thinking to yourself, this is why I don't like going to church, because the pastor somehow always twists it around to money. And I will tell you, uh, money is a great indicator. Money is a great indicator because it's one of the things in our lives we push back against or that pushes back against us. We don't have as much as we want, and so we do push back. And money is a great indicator of where the places we're pushing back. But notice who Jesus is talking to. He's not talking to the people who are bringing the gold to the temple. He's not talking to the people who are bringing the animals for sacrifice. He's talking to the people who get them. He's talking to the religious elite. He's talking to people who benefit from those things. So it's not just about the money you're supposed to bring a tithe to the church or something like that. Jesus is saying that money is a place where people have to make an effort. People have to make an effort to obey God in the area of money. So the the principle here is, are you only obeying God in things that don't matter to you? Are you only obeying God in places where there's no resistance? I wonder, when I see the um, the van... What the guy's, uh, pardon me. I wonder what he's, what his, what his, um, uh, you know, I don't know him, but I wonder what made him pick those things for the side of the van. It could be that those are the areas where he's struggling, but it could also be the things that he has no trouble with. That could be for him tithing mint. He's not going to be performing any abortions, so he can condemn them, okay? He's not going to be carrying any children to, to term. So he can say, people who get an abortion, that's no skin off my nose. He can say, look, I have never had a same-sex attraction, so it's very easy for me to condemn people who do. I wonder if the person who wrote that van is actually listing a long list of things that really don't matter to him. Maybe what he should have on the van is he should say, you know, the, the, the sort of things he's talking about here, justice, and mercy and faith. Maybe he should talk about the sort of things that Jesus lists in Mark 7, where he talks about envy and folly and arrogance and deceit. Maybe those should be on that person's van because those are the places where he struggles. Uh, there's, there's some kind of plain wisdom here. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to believe in Jesus. You don't have to believe in God. A lot of this just makes sense. You know, if you go to the gym, if you go to a physical therapist, they'll say, if you're not feeling any resistance, then you're probably not 
exercising the right way. That, you know, in the gym they'll tell you no pain, no gain. But, but the idea is, if there's not some resistance, you're probably not doing it right. You're probably not building any, any, um, strength in that area. So just, just plain old human wisdom tells you that. Uh, some of you have had the opportunity to go to a time management seminar, or maybe somebody has, has been to one and told you this. They talk about how do you put sand and rocks in, in the bottle? Have you ever seen this illustration? Right? If you put the sand in first, then you can't fit the rocks. But if you put the rocks in first, then the sand goes all around it. So you're able to put the big things in and the small things too. But if you do it in the other order, if you put the small things in first, you'll never get the big things in. So there's just some kind of practical wisdom here. Jesus is saying, if you put the weighty matters in first, then you can worry about tithing your dill and your mint later. But I think there's something deeper at stake here. Jesus is saying that if you don't do the things that push back, if you don't make an effort to obey God in the things that are hard, then you'll never realize you can't do them. And you'll never realize you need a Savior. And see, Jesus is the one person who has successfully done this. And so we need to listen to his advice. In, in all of history, there's been one person who has obeyed the entire law. Jesus did, and he says, this is important. So we should listen to him. Jesus is saying, the reason you need to have these heavy things, the weightier matters of the law in your life, is because this is the place where you realize you can't do it without God. And that's why Jesus came. See, Jesus did not come to make it easier for you to tithe. Jesus did not come to make good people better. Jesus came to make dead people alive. And what you can do when Jesus gets in your life is anything. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But without him, how do you know what you're struggling with if you're not if you're not finding any resistance in your life we have a problem christianity has a problem the problem is that for 2000 years people have been driving around vans telling other people what they need to work on and i think the world would be a better place and i think christianity would have a better reputation if instead of doing that if instead of lecturing other people what it is they need to work on if instead Christians were a little more honest and said, you know what, I can tithe men all day long. I don't break a sweat tithing men. But I do struggle with envy. I do struggle with lust. I do struggle with arrogance. And if we were willing to name the things where we have trouble and then saying, you know what, I have been working on this my whole life, but I am perceiving that God is actually working with me now and it's easier. You know, I may not be fixed yet, God may not have solved this problem for me, but I can see what God is doing because I know what I used to be and I'm different now. I still struggle with envy. I struggle with envy every day, but not as much as I used to because God is at work in my life. Imagine if the vans that Christians drove around towns said, this is an area I struggle and here's how God has been working in my life. Don't brag about things that aren't any trouble for you. Boast in the Lord. Come to Jesus. Say, Jesus, this is the place I'm struggling. Help me with this thing. This is a weighty matter for me. Help me with this. And as you do, put that on your van. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that your law is good and precious and holy. And we know that there are things in it that we have no trouble at all doing. 
But we know, Lord, there are areas where each one of us struggles. And so, Lord, we pray that you would give us diligence, help us to do the things that we cannot do, the things that push back against us, the places we find resistance. And where we do, give us the wisdom and humility to trust you, to let you lift those burdens for us, and give us the honesty to share with the world what you're doing in our lives. We pray it through Christ our Lord. Amen.